Michael K. No Michael K. I thought I was signing up to work with him this week. I get Ty Butler. That's even better. What's uh, up, buddy? Don't don't be What's all up, buddy? sarcastic. What's up, buddy? Diminishing. What's up, Pat? Happy holidays, man. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Pat O'Keefe, Ty Butler on it's Tuesday. It feels like a Monday. It does. The, the, the long weekend throws you off body clockwise, mentality-wise, but it, it always feels good to, to be in a studio with you, my friend. Anthony and Harvey throw me off with the song. I forget that, you know, I'm settling in for the jingle, which I enjoy and have for, you know, a couple of decades now, and then the abrupt uh, record screech. And the no NWO. Okay. I also enjoy that, too, by the way. The NWO the no Not the act of no Michael K, but the uh, the screaming of it. So here we are Tuesday afternoon, December uh, 26, kind of coming out of that that Christmas haze. How's Christmas in the uh, in the Butler household? Well, it was fun, man. So I've got the two kids, you know, uh, Noah and Maverick. Noah's two and a half. Maverick just turned one a couple weeks ago. So you get to have fun watching them open the gifts and do that whole thing. After, of course, working, I did DPH on Warthenburg yesterday till 9 o'clock. But it, it's a blast, man. It's fun. It's, it's a great time. Yeah, same with us. Kids a little older, 10 and 12. Brynn and James still, uh, you know, in the thick of it. Um, so you went through the two under two thing. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess I did. Wasn't great. Well, I had it for a month. You know, we spread it out a little bit better. It's not great. It did, no. I, I, I kind of, my wife and I blocked those years out. By if the I way. start nodding off during, during the show, you know, <laughs> it's not that you're boring me. It's just that I had a, I had a very long night. Don't, uh, don't ask me details about that point in my life because those two, three years. Uh, it's all uh, a blur. It's been blocked out <laughs> long, long ago. But it was fun. It was a fun day. Uh, was on after you yesterday uh, from 9 to 11.30 and then part of the Knicks broadcast. Big win for the Knicks. Huge, man. Finally. Uh, beating the Milwaukee Bucks, finally beating one of the up, upper echelon teams in the Eastern Conference, which they had been unable to do. And then you settle in for uh, for some football. You know, it's funny. You, you look at the football week, and the Giants, of course, lost. Shocking. Put up a fight. Shocking. They, lo- they lose to the Eagles. In Philadelphia, of all places. They put up a fight. Uh, a good fight, I would say. Um, and for the Jets... You know, I'm driving in and thinking about you know what we're going to talk about. It, it, the Jet, it feels like the Jets lost. Do you feel the same way? I had to remind myself that the Jets actually won this game because the way that that fourth quarter unfolded, they were up twenty to nothing and then had to kick a last second field goal to win that game. It felt like they lost. And I, I thought I feel the same way, but I, I I was just thinking about because you know coming on the next day, you start to go through in your head what you're going to talk about. And I, and I said to myself, if I have to go on the air and discuss how hours after that report comes out from Brian Costello of the New York Post that Salah's back, Douglas is back, the Jets blow a 20-point lead at half to that commander's team that clearly quit on his head coach because they know he's gone, if they blow a 20-point lead at home to that team hours after that report comes out, it, it's brutal for the franchise. So I know a lot of Jet fans out there are rooting for losses just because you want to take advantage of, of draft capital. This is a team that desperately needs some explosive pieces on offense, rebuild the offensive line. But that's the type of win that for Salah, you saw the expression on his face. That, I mean, at least for, for the moment, it, it saves him from just getting absolutely destroyed. You cannot have that loss happen on your watch. At a certain, because that's when you can't blame on Aaron Rodgers. No. At a certain point, and and I've been saying this for weeks now, at a certain point, the expectation for a head coach in the NFL has to be 
to figure out a way for his team to win football games. And look, I, I like Salah. I think he's a good defensive coach. I think he's a really good defensive coach. I think if he were ever on the open market, he would probably be unemployed for like five minutes. Any team or many teams would be lucky to have him running their defense. But I just... I don't know. This is the criticism of him, right? Does he know how to coach the entire team? Ultimately, does he know how to lead his team to victories? And I know they did win by the skin of your teeth, but we're still talking about it like it's not a good thing. Well, so here's the problem, right? Like When you start to list the things you like about Robert Sala... And the first thing you say, he's a he's a good defensive coach. To me, that's a little bit of an indictment because we should be talking about, yeah, this guy knows how to win. He knows how to get his troops ready to play every single game they come out. They've got an opportunity to win the game. You lean on the side of, you know, where he he's an expert and that's the defense. So the question becomes, how do we know that, that the guy on the sidelines for the Jets is not a defensive coordinator as opposed to being what you need him to be and that's a head coach? Because I've watched watched him for three years and unlike you I want to like him he sounds great the motivational speeches all of that is all cool at some point you're judged by your win-loss record 17 and 32 is not going to cut it three straight years of missing the playoffs not going to cut it and by the way Pat He's very lucky he's on that Aaron Rodgers scholarship. Because <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers were not here, he would be yeah. two games away from being unemployed. Yeah, coaches with his record that you just pointed out and his resume and his body of work as a head coach, those types of coaches in today's NFL where guys get one year, two years, those coaches don't get four years anymore. It don't, he's it getting doesn't a fourth last. year. And you know what else help, uh, hurts him? Because you just mentioned like if they lose that game, can you say, well, they lost the game because they didn't have Aaron Rodgers? Of course not. We're, we're watching all across football. Cleveland, right? Indianapolis, Cincinnati with backup quarterbacks win football games. Pittsburgh. So, like, the excuse can't just be, well, what you what do you expect us to do? Didn't have our starting quarterback. I think losing Rodgers takes you out of the championship contention conversation, but it should not have at any point, when you look at what's happened all across the league, taking you out of playoff contention. And we saw this year they finished nowhere close to being there. They shouldn't have been one of the first three teams in the AFC eliminated from it's the playoffs. Which they were again. And you're right. I wrote all these teams down that have been through stuff this year. Right now, in the playoffs, not even, like, contention, in the playoffs right Right now, Indianapolis has a playoff spot. They picked fourth in the draft, which meant which means they stunk last year, and then they lost their starting quarterback. So essentially, that's a wasted pick in terms of this year. Cleveland is on its fourth quarterback. They're going to the playoffs. They're playing the Jets this week. That's not going to hurt. Um, the Rams. A lot of people thought the Rams were tanking this year. We didn't know what Stafford's health status was. They have a terrific coach. They're in position to go to the playoffs. And then you add the teams that you said that are in the hunt. Cincinnati, Burrow was hurt early got healthy, and then they lost him for the season. They're in the hunt. Houston, they bottomed out last year. They got a rookie quarterback. They got a rookie head Which coach. Which we were told, uh, it's not the recipe for success. <laughs> rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, who's a defensive guy, and look what they're doing. And, and they're in the hunt. And, and Pittsburgh, I mean... You know they've held this thing together with duct tape. They're on their their Minnesota. Third. Look at Minnesota. Minnesota's they're, another they're still example. In the conversation. The Raiders yesterday beating the Chiefs. Now, I, I understand Kansas City has some issues that it's part of a different conversation. So but what? Aiden O'Connell win games. They're, they're seven and eight. They've got an outside shot. They were talking about this on a broadcast. I don't think it's going to happen. But they still have an outside shot to win that division. Uh, Vegas does. Which, which is insane to me. So uh, the, the excuse can't just be, you know, we lost Rodgers. Like the fact that 
first of all, and, and you know, the case show, all the other shows have harped on this from, from uh, the beginning of the season. You thought Zach Wilson was a legitimate backup quarterback op- option after you had benched him multiple times last year? It just made no sense. It made no sense at all. And that's where the season turned on its axis. And it, it was never able to recover from there. Now, we do have some Jets news today regarding Zach Wilson. Um, let's let Robert Sala tell us. He was uh, with the media just a short time ago. So Zach's not clearing, so he's out. Rucker won't clear. He's out, obviously. Aaron's out. And then uh, Dwayne Brown, we're putting him through some work today. You'll see it do not, did not participate. And the same thing with uh, Greg Zerline. He came out of the game with some right quad soreness, so we'll see how he turns out today. Greg Zerline's oh. their second best player, by oh, the way, my goodness. behind Thomas Morstead. And then last year, or two years ago, he was like the punter's the best player on the well, team. The punter's so. still the best player. <laughs> so two of the, la- the, the, the last two years, two of the best players have been on special teams, you know, kicking the ball to the other team or kicking the ball through the uprights. I'll say this about Sunday. Uh, as much as we rip Zach, and, and it's justified, right? Like, the, the, the numbers are what they are, and we see what's happened with him, you know, since being drafted. The one thing he does provide, and which is why I was so disappointed when he was ruled out and couldn't play, is interesting, right? Like, he still keeps you fascinated. Like, he shows you enough and, and glimpses where you can think it could come together one game, like it did in the second half against Houston. He played well in that game against Denver, the, the, the first three quarters against the or the last three quarters against the Chiefs. So he provides you that that element of he keeps you engaged and interested, whereas Trevor Simeon's going out there. Like, what am I watching this for other than the fact that it's my team, I root for them, and I want to watch every snap just because I'm a dedicated, loyal fan. So that was disappointing about, about not having Zach out there on Sunday. Simeon did the one thing that he had to do at a bare minimum for what he's being paid to be here. He, he was able to get them into field goal range to salvage what would have been a, a, a you know a terrible loss into a victory on That's Sunday. That's distasteful. Thank, thank God he could. Thank God he could at least do that. Shout out Brees Hall, man. He was awesome in that game. It was good to see him finally get back to doing Brees Hall things. We hadn't seen him since Week Five, and and he he was he was the best player clearly on, on both sides in, in that game. So it's, shout out to him. Well, it's such a unique situation, right? Because they have a top flight defense, which I think. And here was another example on Sunday. The numbers aren't going to show that this is a top notch defense because they give up points, they give up yards. But go through it game by game. You watch the games. That crap happens in the second half when they're exhausted because this defense has to carry more of the load than almost any other defense in the NFL. So. You know, if you have average offensive play or average quarterback play, this is a top flight defense. They got a top flight wide receiver. They got a top flight running back. And next year, if we're projecting to next year, because everything is about next year, they obviously have a top flight quarterback. That's a very unique situation. It is, which is why, you know, you know what I'm kind of hoping for? Because, you know, everyone's looking at the draft. What are they, ninth now? If you, ninth. If you look at Tankathon. I kind of want to see them play themselves out of the quarterback. Because could you imagine they are in position to take one and they decide not, which they won't, that they won't take a quarterback. It just wouldn't make sense to draft a guy in the first round who, if everything goes well next year for you, won't play a single snap. So, you know, just for, as far as like the timeline and, and your window of opportunity to win a championship, you wouldn't do it. But I just don't want to see them have that controversy hanging over their heads. You know, you go back and it's like, see, you should have fired everyone, should have just moved on from Rodgers, should have drafted a quarterback. You need them to be in a situation where they could just focus on how do we best get this team to the next 
next step. Offensive line clearly uh, is the a position of need three times over. You, you're looking at probably having to get three starters and then add some more difference makers on that offense. Maybe you add a piece or two at, at safety. But, you know, it's like you said, they have some pieces in place. It's just going to come down to the coaching staff. I, I don't go into next season saying, yeah, I feel great about this team, you know, despite the players, uh, because of the coaching staff. So it sounds like you want them to win these last two games. No, no, no. I, they're going to lose Thursday regardless. Right. I, week 18 is they have to. They have to win Week 18, Ty. <sighs> they, ha- they have to beat this team at some point. But you know what's that scary? That supersedes any draft pick, any cap. They've got if, if you can't beat the New England Patriots this year with Bill Belichick possibly on his way out, if you can't beat this version of the Patriots team with, with Bailey Zappi, when, when are you going to beat them? So here's what I was thinking. I was watching uh, Packers-Panthers, and the Panthers came back from down 14, tied the game, so they were all on the cusp of winning. Then I'm, then I'm looking at the Patriots on Sunday night football against the Broncos, and I'm thinking, you know what's going to happen? Week 18, this is going to be the scenario. Jets beat the Patriots. They get the number one overall pick. They lose to the Patriots, <laughs> and, and and then they continue the streak. So it's like— So it's a lose-lose. It's a lose-lose situation. <laughs> so I agree. In theory, like you have to beat this team. And uh, imagine sending Belichick out with, an owl, you know, with this organization who he clearly despises. But I just don't know long-term. Because think about Mo Lewis knocks out Bledsoe. Here comes started, Tom Brady. It started with you the Jets. You beat the Patriots. Now you give them their quarterback, and we're doing this whole thing again. So I just— if you're a Jeff fan, you're kind of conflicted in what you're rooting for in Week 18. That started before the Mo Lewis thing. It started with the infamous press conference out yeah. at Hofstra. I resign as the HC of the NYJ. But I'm That's saying where actually this whole thing getting, them, getting them their quarterback. That's correct. It, yes, it started. Yeah, Mo Lewis started it, right? And now, the, and now you beat them and you you help them get their and quarterback. Trevor, Trevor Simeon can continue it. Oh, man. Here comes Drake May. Or here comes, but you know. Caleb Williams. The, please the, don't. But, but that's he, a big win for them. <laughs> Jeff fans are rooting for the Patriots to win Sunday night against the Broncos, so good good for them being able to get it done. Yeah, but you know, looking ahead to the rest of the season, though, uh, that's that's all there is because the Jets aren't in the quarterback market. It, it's simple. It's simple to me what market they're in. If they're drafting any other position than offensive line, then they're out of their minds. Unless for some reason, I don't think they're going to because they're nine right now. Unless you're in position, the Marvin Harrison Jr. thing is the only thing that would be a conundrum for me. But I just don't think. It's fun to talk about, and we certainly can. At number nine, which is where the Jets are projected to pick right now, I don't see them getting up high enough for that to be a factor. Yeah, I don't think that's going to... He's like top three, top four. And I almost would rather... I don't know. Like I, may, I would almost rather dip into free agency to get... Uh, the wide receiver, maybe you know Mike Evans. He didn't reach a contract extension with the Bucks before the season. T. Higgins. We'll see what happens. Devontae with, Adams. Well, see, and I was going to bring up Devontae. Like, do you feel comfortable with the amount of holes this team has? And you know they don't have a second round pick this year. You feel comfortable parting with multiple picks to go? And I, I, Adams is to me the the best receiver in football. So I understand and the chemistry with Rodgers. I get the whole night. You feel comfortable knowing that the amount of holes you have on this team, parting with multiple picks to go get one player. I just, to me, I'd rather get them in free agency, and they might not be as good as Devontae, but at least you get to utilize those picks and help build the rest of this roster um, around your now forty-year-old quarterback coming off of a right Achilles tear. But here's the thing: this is why they're in a unique 
unique situation. They're six and nine, and they've been out of contention for a couple of weeks. Despite that, I don't think they have that many holes. They don't have as many holes as you would think for a three team like star- that. Yeah, they need three starters on an offensive line. I yeah, mean, well, outside of the offensive line, yes. But that's a you, you can't just dismiss. Uh, you know, outside your, of the, your number outside one of pick. Shooting, your number one pick is the offensive line. Your number three pick is the offensive line. But I'm saying because the line is so bad yes. and you need multiple starters, like it's hard to sit here and say they're not that far away. Like we we just saw what the line looked like. They're they're we were watching them be far away. So they have to find a way, you know, using both free agency and the draft to, to rebuild that 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 uh that unit. And you know what we haven't mentioned is the guy in charge of rebuilding that unit has been on the job since 2019 and what four years later supposedly we're still, his area of expertise yeah. am I not mistaken? And four years later we're having the same conversation four years later our offensive line looks worse than it was when he got here so some bad luck to <laughs> bad luck injuries back then AVT I get that but I mean that's that's part of that's that's part of your resume right like you don't get excuses for that stuff the AVT thing is that's been a killer and now, he's not- actually becoming back then if you think about well, it. Well, let's hope he's not when he comes back and actually plays because Becton went away and now he comes back and it turns out he can't play. But it's, and it's two straight years, uh, season-ending injuries. It's unfortunate. It's game time brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Um, Knicks got that big win yesterday. They did. Uh, they're off today on their way to a, a challenging three-game road trip that begins tomorrow in Oklahoma City. The only local team in action tonight. It's going to be an interesting one, Ty. The Brooklyn Nets. You cannot lose this game. Struggling. In Detroit to take on a Pistons team that has lost how many games in a row, Ty? Uh, what is it, 25 now? It's up to 26. 26. 26 consecutive losses. And the record is 27. The re- Yep, they're, they're right there. And the Nets just beat them at Barclays Center right before Christmas. And this is the back end of a home-and-home. And, home. and overall, the Pistons, they were 2-1. and one, And now they've lost uh, 20. Six games in a row, so they're coming in tonight at home. Are the Pistons at two and twenty-seven? Tough spot, right now. It's it, this this streak has kind of. First of all, I, I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to it until about the last week or so. But now it's taking on a life of its own, and you're starting to. If you're the Nets or you're whatever team is playing them, you're going to feel a little tight. You yeah. don't want to be the team that loses to this Pistons team. You cannot. You cannot be the group. That loses to we're, we're talking about literally an historically bad team with Detroit, which is interesting because it's like Monty's got year one of, of a record-setting yep. deal for for coaches, and first what six weeks of the season, people are like, oh, "Is he on the hot seat?" All right, <laughs> he's not on the hot seat. Already? He's making thirteen million dollars a year. But that's how bad this Pistons team is because it's not, it's not like they're you know deficient with talent. They've got a lot of, a lot of nice young pieces on that. Even though the James Wiseman, I, I'll never understand that trade. But, yeah, the Nets can't lose this game, man. They cannot lose this game. Here's one thing that would give me concern if I were a fan of the Brooklyn Nets. And I've yet to meet one, by the way. But if I did... That's not nice. Joe Leo, you've met him before. Joe Leo, I have. You're right. He's here. Um, Kyrie Williams. You remember he used to work here? Of course, here? yeah. Big Nets Absolutely. Fan. All right. Don't uh, be disrespectful uh, uh, <laughs> to the net contenders. Here's, here's the thing that would give me pause. The Brooklyn Nets, they're not that good. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're about a mediocre team. They're fourteen and fifteen. I think they're probably playing, you know, above what they should be right now. No, it's just because Bridges and, and Johnson had been really good. Cam Thompson had also become all of a sudden like one of the best scorers in the NBA. But yeah, they're not a really good team, and they also don't have a really good head coach. And Jock Vaughn, they don't. No, he's not. 
Uh, the extension that they gave him last year, I thought was an overreaction. It was a bad job, but that, that's that that's a game tonight. You you can't lose though. I, I don't I don't care what the excuses are. You cannot lose this game tonight. It's a tough spot for them tonight. Um, I you know on paper it shouldn't be. They're going in to take on a team that hasn't won since October. I think the tie. I, I don't know if this is right. I think I heard that the Tigers have won since the uh, Pistons last won a game. The Detroit Tigers. I to check that out. They have, haven't played. <laughs> that, is that true? They were 2-1. and one. <laughs> Now they're 2-27. <two> <laughs> All right, that's game time brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. During the big games this season, enjoy a Tullamore Dew, the original triple blended, triple distilled, and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Remember, when it's game time, it's Tully time. Please enjoy responsibly. All right, so the news that we just played a moment ago, Salah uh, announcing this afternoon, Zach Wilson out. You know, Thursday night game in Cleveland. Um, it's going to be a it's going to be a festive atmosphere in Cleveland for a team that is on its fourth quarterback and with a win will punch its ticket back to the playoffs in a season where they probably weren't expecting that. So it's going to be a tough situation for the Jets there. My question is, and this was the question I asked in the aftermath of the Miami loss two weeks ago, have we seen the last of, of Zach in a Jets uniform? I think so. Like, How do you bring him back at this point? Um, it would be meaningless to do that in Week 18. Meaningless to whom? For him, the organization. Like, what, what, like, what are you getting out of bringing him back out there? First of all, and I know the, the Houston game happened, so this is going to sound ridiculous, but after I heard that he had reservations about returning, I was completely turned off, and I thought there was no shot they should have brought him back to begin with, because I just think that it's unprofessional, it's immature, it's a, it's a terrible look for a young quarterback in this league to say that he doesn't want to play football, especially when you're you know, competing for your career. Um, but you know what's going to happen Thursday night that's even more interesting than this? Mm. Joe Flack, The mm. Joe Flacco revenge yeah. game. Because not only did he play for the Jets last year, uh, he reached out to them when they lost Rodgers. Hey, you guys interested in my services? Now nah, we're good, thanks. We'll go to the guy who we said was going to redshirt this year, who we benched multiple times last year. We're good, thanks. We'll sign Trevor Simeon, who's one of the most inaccurate passes in all the football. So he's going to throw a party on, on a really good Jet defense, and that's going to be fun. They're going to celebrate their you know clinching moment in Cleveland. So that every Jet fan and listening to the sound of my voice knows that's exactly what's going to happen. What we need to do later in the show is we need to go back through the schedule and determine what their record would be if Joe Flacco if Joe Flacco were their quarterback. Now I will this year. say this: that offensive, he's not mobile. No, and look, Clay, and we we saw this act the last two years. But it wasn't good. It's hard to, it's hard to 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 stare in the face of your decision not to entertain bringing him in when you watch you know uh, Amari Cooper have 265 <laughs> receiving yards this past weekend instead of Browns uh, franchise. Air record. it out, man. He's got a good arm. He's still got that. Good arm. It throws and a sweet ball. He's playing with house Aaron money right now. BetMGM is an official sports betting partner of the New York Jets and your number one app for the football season. Get ready for kickoff by locking in your same-game parlay and your favorite Jet player props and checking out the exclusive signature bets for the game. BetMGM has all the action you need every Sunday and every other day of the week, no matter what your favorite sport is, with app upgrades that will make betting faster and easier than ever. The best loyalty program in sports betting and special offers for Jet fans all season long. It's no wonder why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. If you love pro football, you're going to love wagering at BetMGM. 
Download the BetMGM app today and make this your best season yet. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in New York only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, help is available. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hey, buddy. Hey. Catch the show on demand wherever you want. Just subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. So yesterday, the Giants go down to Philadelphia, where they haven't won a game in a decade, and that streak continues. Uh, fell behind 20-3 to at the half. Uh, looked like more of the same tie. Battle back to a uh, 33-25 to loss. Had a shot with the ball in the air to get it into the end zone um, on the final play of the game, but but they fall short yet again. So the Giants at 5-10 and right now. Um, our ESPN Giants reporter who was there and here with us now, Jordan Renan. I'm the conductor. Um, I might be off that bandwagon. That was, you, for, that was for Daniel Jones, by the way. Are you... Um, I, I don't know. It's hard to be on that one at this point. Guy, how'd guy. that take age for you, my friend? What's that? I said, how'd that age for you? <laughs> Look, he had a... It aged great last year when I... That was before, beginning of last year when no one was on board. Daniel Jones had a... Excellent season last Excellent year, right? He, played, re- he yep. played really well, but the key was that he stayed healthy, right? And that was always the big. Qu- that was the question mark going into last year. Can he? Can you even trust him? Can you even stay healthy? And now you're looking at him. He got injured again, hurt his neck first. Remember, so he missed three games because of a neck injury. That's now his second neck injury. Plus, he has an ACL tear. So now you're looking at it and you say, 
what is Daniel Jones's future, and can you really build around him and trust that? Trust him. Forget the whole is he a good quarterback conversation. Just on the merits of is he reliable enough health wise to say this is my quarterback? And like if you're Joe Shane and and Brian Dayball, it's hard for me to imagine they're sitting there saying, "Sure, we're good with Daniel Jones." Like two neck injuries and a torn, a- a torn ACL. Especially when it didn't feel like they were good with him before when they created this contract where it's like after two years they could get right. out of it. So I mean, it, it was it, still definitely they knew there was that possibility that it could unravel like this. Now, they didn't expect like this because he played behind an offensive line that with the state it was in early in the year. Like Remember, like the guys that are on the offensive line right now, weren't, some of those guys weren't even on their roster. Like it was, it or was, any bad. it was the, it was the worst. Justin Pugh, yeah, Justin Pugh, Tyree Phillips was on the Eagles practice squad. Andrew Thomas was injured. John Michael Schmidt was injured. They were literally playing like Josh Azudu at tackle, Marcus McKeithen at guard. I mean, these guys ranked like bottom five at their position when they were in like hands down. It was the worst iteration of their offensive line that I've seen since I've been here, and that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. A lot. So you're 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 in Philly yesterday, they're down big at the half, and yeah. for the first series of the second half, Tyrod Taylor runs into that huddle. Were you surprised? Very. Very surprised, because it's a lot harder to go back now, right? Here's the thing. We all know Tyrod Taylor, especially at this stage of his career, he's the better quarterback, right? He's he's proven in this league he's a, he's a good quarterback. He could be a pretty good quarterback. But he's not signed past this year. The Giants aren't playing for anything. So, you... you Okay, Tommy DeVito, let's see what we have. It's a developmental thing. Um, game experience, there's no... There's nothing better than game experience, especially for a young quarterback. You'd say, okay, keep keep playing him. So, I was definitely surprised that they went to Tyrod Taylor there. Uh, you know, Brian Dable, you saw him. I, did you hear the press conference after the game? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the dude literally sat down. You know, he stormed in, by the way. What do you got for me? Like, Put his arms on the podium. It looked like he wanted to eat the podium. Wish you a Merry Christmas. Though. Yeah, yeah, at least he said uh, Merry Christmas. He just said Merry Christmas. Way. It was the he most. He kind of growled it. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was like Merry Christmas, it, like you feel in the, the most expletive-filled way you could say Merry Christmas. <laughs> but I love that from from my head coach. Even though the game, I guess it technically knocked them out of the playoffs, but we've known for two months they they were not a playoff team. It, it, it's a game that hurts. I'll ask you this though. Yeah. If the Giants are in position to take a quarterback, mm-hmm. they're, they're, ta- they're, they're like there's there's not even a question they're taking one, right? It had well, it depends on their evaluation. But I think if the Giants are picking right now, they're fifth. Let's say mm-hmm. they're picking fifth. If there's a third quarterback that they really like, they will take that. I I believe that they would take that quarterback. You hear like little snippets, you know, little birdies chirping in the air. Like this this team is not going to shy away from taking a quarterback if the opportunity arises for a guy that they really like. Now, it depends on where the evaluation stands. We know there's two really big quarterbacks in this draft. It's Drake May, Caleb Williams. It'll be very interesting if it's only one of those two guys. All right, who are the top two teams, and are those two teams going to draft a quarterback? Because right now it's what? Chicago? Yeah, the Chicago. Taking Carolina's pick in Arizona. Arizona. Two teams which have quarterbacks Mm -hmm. But they could both easily, you could see them moving off those quarters. If I'm Chicago, I'm moving off Justin Fields in a second. Especially if you fire Eberflus. You you might as well just, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so they're, they're, it would make sense for them to start over because it's just, you, you restart the clock, you get four years of, you know, cheap quarterbacking. Like, that's the ideal situation. So they're sitting there in that spot. And Justin Fields has been 
he's shown flashes, right? But so yeah, I think if those are the two teams and one or two of them are looking to trade. I don't think it's out of the question the Giants have an extra second-round pick that they'll at least look into that market to see if they can move up. If you're at five, you don't have to go up that far. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I think they were at like 68% to be in the top five, according to ESPN Analytics, and now we're looking at like mid-70%, like almost like we're getting closer to like 80% that they're going to be a top five pick. Because obviously they're going to be big underdogs in these last two games. I think they're close to a touchdown underdog against the Rams this week. The Eagles the following week, they'll be close to like a double digit. They'll, they'll be around the double digit underdog. So the, the likelihood is they're not going to win another game or any of the teams above them going to win a game. Could help. You know, they could end up Washington and New England, yeah. So, so New Washington England. has two really tough games, though. Yeah, they, they end with the Cowboys. Gonna, Who's think, the game which before? might not mean anything it might, to the Cowboys. It might be San Francisco and Cowboys, so I don't think they're winning. Cowboys oh, might yeah, be locked in, so they're, they're, not, they're not winning. Unless they get to play the Jets again, which <laughs> and I don't think New they Eng- do. New England has the Jets Week 18, so I guess if you're a Giants fan, you got to be rooting Those for the are the Patriots. teams to look out for because they are the ones that need the quarterback. Need quarterback. Right. Those two teams, in the worst of ways, need a quarterback. Now let me ask you this. If, if, if the Giants... Well, if they do or don't draft a quarterback, but for this argument's sake, let's say they do draft a quarterback in the first round, who's the starter week one next year? I think there's a good chance that Daniel Jones is a starter. I really do. So he'll be ready physically? I think he will be. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's known to work really hard. Guys, especially, he had surgery on Thanksgiving, so it's easier to think of the landmark day to start. Usually it's nine months. You know, so like six, seven, eight months, he'll be back on the field practicing, just not in live drills. So... He'll be doing stuff on the side, doing a lot of quarterback drills, throwing, what, six or seven months takes you to about June, July. August is is nine months. Nine months is pretty much the, the number for quarterbacks nowadays. I mean, I mean, for anybody nowadays to get back from ACLs. Plus, he's a quarterback. He doesn't need to do running and cutting. Like, you could just be in practice. They don't. T- you're not allowed to touch a quarterback normally. He's not, you don't, the quarterbacks aren't out there running and, you know, cutting laterally. Like you could just basically participate in drills as a quarterback probably after like seven or eight months. I really do believe, and I know the Giants have been hesitant to say this. Uh, they said, you know, we don't know. I mean, because they're, they're set, like, what if there is a setback? Then it changes. But if not, if there is no setback, I would be surprised if he's not ready to go and cleared by the start of training camp. We're talking to Jordan Renan on the K-Show 98.7 ESPN. Watching both Philadelphia and Dallas, what I would be most fearful of uh, if I'm a Giants fan going forward is the obvious. Like, you need a quarterback. As as much as you can rave about Shane, rave about uh, about Dable, in this division where the Eagles and the Cowboys are going to be contenders for at least the next five years as long as they have these guys under center, you have to find a way to get that quarterback because now it's starting to look like the only path to making the playoffs is via the wild card. So yeah. unless you get that guy who who you trust and you believe Dable can develop, like this team really doesn't have you know any realistic expectation of getting past you know where they were last year. The most disappointing thing about this season was uh, the question coming in, and Joe Shane said it at the end of last year. You know, the, there's a gap we have to close it. Like, have they closed the gap? No. And we're sitting here and we're like. I mean, no. they got spanked by the Cowboys twice. That yesterday was almost a spanking if Philadelphia didn't start vomiting all over itself. They got some problems, too. 
they literally ran into each other. <laughs> that was one of the more ridiculous plays. And then I get a the late seventy-yard touchdown pass. Two guys like bumped into each other and put the ball on the ground at the thirteen-yard line to start the second half. And then yeah, the Dallas Goddard slipped. Yeah, and then the ball went right to. Not Dory to Jack mention giving sure. up, you know, a deep seventy-yard touchdown pass late. Yeah. So they, they, but they do have their problems. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but the I mean, guy, they're still eleven and four, and even like whether or not you they, believe in Dallas, they're going to be the worst teams. thirteen and four team. If you go to Philadelphia, the the city's on fire and they're panicking. They're finishing thirteen and four. They play the yeah. the, the Cardinals, Cardinals and the Giants. Yeah. They're going to be thirteen and four. Could you imagine what we would do here if a team was thirteen and four? <laughs> and by the way, still could get the one seed. I know. If they're they're Fran- tied for the best record. They're probably going to win the division. They're going to win the division, but they still could get the one seed, and people are acting like, you know, the yeah. Eagles guy. I was, well, I was, like I the, caught the, the sports Jets. radio on the way out yesterday, no, like on the way back fun. home, oh, and oh, it, was, it's on, it was on fire. You would have thought, you would have thought they lost by like 30 points. Let me, has this been, last year was kind of like a gift for the Giants and the Giants fans. Like, I don't think anybody was, was expecting it? what they got. You don't think it was? Just it came out of nowhere. You were was expecting. It? You in the in the big in the big picture, just getting almost, to experience. Did the winning it almost season. hurt them though? Did it almost put this put them in like a false sense of? We're well, closer, this was everybody's worst fear. We're right? closer than we thought we were. They played a weak schedule. Yeah, they look they pulled out a lot of good close things. Games. You're right. It would give hope, and but the reality was, we found out this year the roster wasn't any isn't anywhere close. And think about it. Last year, Saquon. Stayed healthy the whole year. Didn't miss a game. Mr. Daniel Jones year, yep. didn't didn't miss a game. Right. Andrew Thomas didn't miss. This. So like everything kind of went right for them last year. Kind of created a false sense of security of where maybe they were. So I I understand that line of thinking. My only pushback is, could you imagine where would we be today if let's just say last year doesn't happen and then this disaster happens? What we're seeing about the head coach. So it's important. What are we for, saying? Would about the there coach? have been a full reset though? What do you not, think? You like, have a new quarterback. Like, hey, we got to get a quarterback. You'd have we a new have quarterback to, this we year. We have to build. We're basically building from the ground up. Because now you're saying they still have to do that now. So now you're doing. You want to do that in year, year three? three. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I get is that. I, that's not. That's not ideal, is it? I just think that right. Like as much as everyone and rightfully so is confident in Dable and the direction of this program, wouldn't feel that way if last year instead of you know winning a playoff game they finished six and eleven, uh, you know, or seven and ten. So I, I think from that perspective, it was important uh, for for the head coach. Yeah, I do. I mean, it obviously gave him you know a grace period, right? And it gave him like a, a little runway. But did he give it all back? He no. he def not all, but he definitely gave of some of it. Well, we'll see. Let's see what happens after this offseason because look, we see you saw it yesterday. I mean, he was a lunatic on the sideline. He was you know running up and down. Yelling. There was even I it didn't even show it on camera. But remember, Jamie Gillen had that bad second punt. Dable like he literally tried to walk off the field. Oh, like you know. Th- the kickers and punters go walk. Like guys walk away from the coach when they know something bad. Do they do something bad? Dable literally went down the field, and you could see him just like yell at him. You know, like did he say it, anything to Waller? Wasn't good. Did he say anything to Waller on when? that final drive? Where I, I mean, he got hurt and he's trying to limp off, but he's just laying there, costing the Giants valuable time. I don't think he said anything to him there. You can't when guys are injured though. You, that that's one thing you can't mess with, guys. But here's the here was the the thing you said. Did he give it? Did he give all the ba- all the you know yeah. the equity he had built up back? He gave a lot of it back. You see people you know having turned on him. I mean, he was an offensive genius last year. Now he has the 31st ranked offense in pretty much every category. 
Thank, thank God for the Jets, right? The only saving <laughs> grace for him. Uh, but the way he acts, the way he carries himself, he's obviously high strung, you know, yelling, screaming on the sideline. You see that kind of stuff. That's the way he apparently acts in the building. It has worth in on some coaches. We've heard about the Wing Martindale rift. Some of the guys on the defensive side, you hear from other people in the building. Potentially players, too. I've heard a little bit about that. You know, like the yelling and screaming when he does it, you just, you know, you just go away. Like you just let it wait till he calms down and get, you know, get, kind of reels it back in. If, if he loses a core, you know, two coordinators this offseason, it's not going to go, that won't go over well. You know that, that that'll that'll be like okay, it's all on you now, right? All the pressure is going to be on him. You're in year three. You ran off the defensive coordinator. If that happens, I think then we're kind of back. He he gave back everything he had built. But what kind one. of pressure is going to be on a guy who like if they draft a quarterback has to at least get two years to see? Yeah. Well, this that's process the beauty of it. Isn't that even more reason for them to do it? That gives them extra time. If he doesn't do that, year three, how much is the pressure on him in yeah. year three? Yes. On, the, on this regime in general in year three. ESPN's Giants reporter Jordan Renan. Let me leave you on this. Who starts at quarterback on Sunday against the Rams? That's an interesting one because I'm I don't know how you guys feel about this, but like you look at it like why what do you why are you playing Tyron? Like like what like what does it do for you at this point? As a matter of fact, for the tank, the tank crew out there that wants the Giants to lose, you're like they'll end up winning one of these games because Tyrod plays pretty well. He definitely well. gives them a better chance to win. Yeah, he's the better quarterback, but they're kind of in developmental mode, but once he already made the switch, it's now hard to go back because the guys in the locker room know that this guy, Tyrod, is the better option if they're trying to win. So then how does Saquon look at it and say, hey, we're not we're not putting our we're not really trying to win. What the heck am I doing out here? Busting my butt, you know, not getting my head knocked backwards on third and uh, fourth and one with six guys running at me on on block. Like that that kind of thing will then go around the locker room. So he kind of put himself in a position where I think he almost has to start Tyron this week. But then maybe week seventeen, week eighteen, I guess. Do you go yeah. back to Tommy? Maybe you just go back to Tommy. It's the last game. You you know. What's Davis Webb doing? Is he available? QB coach of the Denver Broncos. Did he start week eighteen last year? Almost beat the <laughs> almost beat the Eagles last year. He did his only career start. That's right. <laughs> the, the, this season's wearing on you. You've got an extra you know full gray gray hair situation going. He's, on. He's coming out hot today. He's been I, talking all day. I saw you at I've the beach this, party. You didn't look like this. Twenty thirteen. I started covering a team that wasn't a piece of gray in here. <laughs> It's been a long decade. <laughs> it's been a long decade. Not a lot of winning seasons. In person, Jordan Renan, thanks for stopping by. Always great catching up with you. Don LaGreca here for Ramsey Mazda. This is the season. The season to save at Ramsey Mazda during the season of Inspiration Sales Event. Like a new 2024 Mazda CX-5 for $279 a month. Or buy and get 0% financing and no payments for 90 days. Find your new Mazda now at Ramsey Mazda. Choose wisely. Choose Ramsey Mazda. Call 833-853-2970 for details. Zero security deposit. VIN RN173698. MSRP 32560 Tax title registration extra ends 1224. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E.
Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. I'm Mike Wells with ESPN New York Giants reporter Jordan Raynom. <laughs> was that you? <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> oh, man. There's, there's a fun. lot of A's there, you know? Where do you put the emphasis? I struggled he, with that for years. So the uh, <laughs> we were just laughing about this during the break because Jordan's going to get his time to shine again come April. And it's like, you know, the uh, Jets and Giants Invitational, a.k.a. the top five picks of the NFL draft because it feels like every single year uh, we're looking ahead to the draft. Which, by the way, uh, doing this show last year, Giants gearing up for uh, yeah. for a playoff run. Jets were still in the playoff hunt. Just how, how quickly things can all change and can crumbling down. That's what I meant when I asked him was last year a gift. More to fans than to the Giants themselves because I don't think anybody had any expectations that by week 17 and week 18 you'd be talking about a playoff push last year. So it was kind of a gift because we were so used to this crap for five years. Giants fans at least got to, and and the Jets actually hung in there until yeah. early December last year that was too. A big game, but we're back. Big game against the Seahawks. That it's, they lost. it's good to be back, Ty. It's good to be, <laughs> it's good to be back, back like we've never left. <laughs> we got we got Tankathon up on the computer monitor. The Giants at number five right now. The Jets at number nine. Uh, both teams with a chance to move up. All right, it's Pat O'Keefe, Ty Butler in for uh, all the guys and all week. One 3776 Let's hear from some of you. Uh, let's start off with Tessa in West Caldwell. Tessa, what's going on? Hey, guys, excuse my voice. You know, I was screaming yesterday, but of good things, good things. But my first question is this. I understand that they're human, but I think across the board, the refs this year, I don't know if they're getting money in their pocket, but it is getting really, really bad. John Michael Smith was doing his head like that the whole game, the whole game. So the ref didn't never warn him or anything. So if he was doing anything wrong, why would you call it right then and there? Then the delay of game they didn't call. Then the pass interference on Wandell when a guy's whole fingernail was in his mouth. It was just terrible. And it's been like that across the board. Then even yesterday with the Ravens game when the ref fell in the freaking oh, end zone. What a joke that mistake, was. And it gave him the safety. Like, it's just been a joke this year with the referees. It just makes me feel like it's just because it's all a business. And they, I don't know. All I'm saying is the refs are terrible. They need to go into training themselves. Okay? It's just terrible. But I just want to talk about the Giants. I feel like I don't agree with Jordan Renan. I'm going to be honest with you. Tom Clark was my favorite Giants coach. You talk about animated. You talk about getting in people's faces. That man, he didn't care. He would embarrass you. So it's like at the end of the day, we're used to coaches like that. So I like Dayball's energy. I like that he's running up and down. I like that he's getting upset. I loved when he came in yesterday and was pissed off at the conference because he knew a lot of those calls was crazy. I like all that stuff with him. I don't know what they want. We can't have somebody soft-spoken. We dealt with all that with the past three, four freaking head coaches that didn't last. I like his energy, and I really hope Wink comes back, but I like his energy, so I don't agree with Jordan with that. Like, no, stop it. If players can't take it, get out of New York. But I really am impressed with the game yesterday because I feel like, you know, we didn't fold. I thought we was going to get blown out, too. Like, I was just sitting there with my halls, with my tea, because I know I was going to be screaming. And I really <laughs> like what we gave. And I'm going to be honest with you. If Bobby O'Carrick does not make the, play, um, the pro ball this year, it's going to be a problem. He has not missed a snap. That man been playing with a broken rib, broken finger. 
That man, we haven't had a linebacker like him in a very he's long had, time. He's had, he's had a terrific season. Maybe the last linebacker we had right. like that was the guy coaching the, the, the Raiders, Raiders right now. Right? <laughs> Listen, yeah, he's been awesome. Was, was, I don't know. Was Jordan... I don't know that Jordan had a problem with Dable in the press conference. I don't know that that's what he was saying. But there are some red flags. Most notably, the thing that he said that I agree with is the relationship with the offensive and defensive coordinators. If that goes south, because both of those guys are good, then you have a problem. And, and, and to me, like it, it, like those things become more magnified when the team is losing, right? Like when yeah. when the coach is going nuts on the sidelines and they're winning, it's, it's exciting, it's passion, everyone loves it. But when you're in the midst of... Uh, I just say a, a dreadful season, heightened expectations, and then the emotions get the get the best of you. It starts to wear on some players and some coaches. I think that's what he was talking about. Not that the fans don't don't love it, because of course they do. Uh, Jet fans would love Robert Sala to be more uh, engaged, you know, as far as like his emotions and wearing them on his face and fist pumping and getting in guys' faces. What was the first image that we had of Brian Dable as a head coach last year? Oh, uh, Daniel Jones lighting th- Daniel yeah. Jones up on the sideline in Tennessee. Yep. And then how'd they respond? They responded, they came back, they, they won, won the game. game. Dable had the play call. That's the thing. You look at Dable last year compared to this year. You remember how he coached that game? Going for it, and then going for two, and going for the win, and then contrast that with the way. This is where I thought Dable lost his way in the middle of the year. What was going on during that Jets game? Uh, why? How, it just drove me crazy. And I'm a Jets fan. I'm, I'm, the I'm way he coached that Jets game, I, I still can't rectify that, what, what he did, why he did the things he did in that game. That fourth down play, I, I, I will go to my grave saying this, and I know a lot of people on this station disagree. The the Giants were a yard away from winning the game. Yep. Saquon had just rushed for 126. He was he was running all over that Jet defense after Al Woods had gone out. You give him the ball for one yard, they win the game. Instead, you you put the game in the legs of, of a kicker who after who was the game injured as it turns went out went on the injured reserve. Come on, the man, whole that, thing that was terrible. He lost me. his way there in the he middle of the year. Mind. Um. But yeah, a lot of things you can do that are more palatable at nine, seven, and one than are at five and ten, which is where they stand right now. BetMGM is an official sports betting partner of the New York Jets and your number one app for the football season. Get ready for kickoff by locking in your same-game parlay and your favorite Jet player props and checking out the exclusive signature bets for the game. BetMGM has all the action you need every Sunday and every other day of the week, no matter what your favorite sport is, with app upgrades that will make betting faster and easier than ever. The best loyalty program in sports betting and special offers for Jet fans all season long. It's no wonder why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. If you love pro football, you're going to love wagering at BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app today and make this your best season yet. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in New York only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, help is available. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. Hey, when I'm getting ready for a game, I have to be prepared. I have my lineup cards, the latest team stats, and of course my mug of Bigelow tea. For me, it's Bigelow Earl Grey with a smooth taste that keeps my voice in peak condition, even when the game goes into extra innings. I refuse to settle, and neither should you. No matter how hectic your day gets, grab your favorite Bigelow tea. Take a moment just for you. So grab a mug of your favorite Bigelow tea. Join the millions of fans that make Bigelow number one in New York. Bigelow tea, the official hot tea of the New York Yankees. 
Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.